0: Welcome to the Serious TV Drama Podcast. I'm Scott. And joining me for this Grand Royale episode, The Prince of Picant to my Duke of Droll. It's Kimber. Hey Kimber, how you hey. doing? Hey Scott. Great to be back. Yeah, I am totally glad to have you back on the Mothership podcast here, as you were kind enough to appear, I believe, three times in a row this this past year on my Scott Forgot the Eighties podcast. So glad to have you back here, of course. And everybody should check out that podcast. That's right. Um, We were talking about it just moments ago, an eclectic bunch that we covered in our three separate podcasts. It was Red Dawn, Pretty in Pink, and Excalibur, which is kind of fun because now you return to look at a somewhat more grounded view of British royalty by finishing what you and I started uh, a few years back, uh, our coverage of the final season of The Crown.
1: Yeah, there's no shiny armor in this season, but there's plenty of fantasy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) It's historical fiction, not a documentary. Okay, okay. You know what? That, I'm glad you. I'm glad you made a, a joke like that because it's something that's kind of been a bugaboo of mine with people, and and I'm I've been a little guilty of it myself, perhaps over time. But I, I always feel that the need to say this because folks, like most of my friends and yourself, always have to say have to feel the need to say it at some point. Well, you we don't actually know these conversations ever happened. They're just imagining these things, and it's like yeah hey you know what else that applies to every single other thing you've ever seen that applies to a historical figure in a fictional movie um, <laughs> the only time they're actual quotes is if you've actually are are are, are 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 redoing a speech given or something in said in public other than that of course any conversation that happened behind the scenes you know in you know the privacy of their homes is you know it's not going to be known and even more so when it's the royal family who are, you know, notorious for their tight litness, you know, at least at least there's, you know, tape recorders somewhere in the White House taping people apparently, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Tricky Dick. Um but you know, if you're gonna have someone, you know, try to imagine what would be said in the halls of royalty it's going to be a guy like peter morgan you know he, i think he's like the foremost writer of anything that's remotely royal related you know and in, in, in screenplay format i mean you know he had like the last king of scotland the queen i mean he got a story credit for bohemian rhapsody which is about you know queen so there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> royalty of all types yeah he certainly had a wide canvas here I mean sixty episodes including this season I mean that's you know you know what's that the equivalent of uh almost sixty hours uh what would that be twenty
0: movies forty movies something like that something like that well it yeah. depends, depends he would be see, he would be writing it but he wouldn't be directing so it depends who they got to direct him if no <laughs> one was directing it then that would be you know, like five movies (laughs) 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 Scorsese three and a half but don't worry you can watch it at home and break it into it make it into a miniseries anyway like his last few movies yeah which is funny because it's kind of they did something like that with the season they actually um unlike the previous five um they Oddly enough, maybe you could say they took a page from um, – it's almost like the AMC playbook where, oh, the final season of Mad Men will be split up. This final season of Breaking Bad will be split up. At le- they they did similar to what um Stranger Things did in its last season where they, they gave us one part, and then like about a month later, they gave us the other part. And that's exactly what they did here. They gave us four episodes back in mid-November, and then they gave us the final six – Um in uh oh, just the last week. Uh, and when I saw that before I had seen the episodes, I saw what they were doing, it's like, oh that's weird. They didn't make it even. And then you realize once you watch the first four, you're like, oh okay, now I understand why they did it that way. I get it. So what we'll do, what we'll we'll take it um in those two segments as well. We'll we'll tackle the first half or First four, I guess, and then we'll tackle the final six, although that doesn't mean we're actually going to go through all four or all six. In fact, there's no way in hell we're going to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, we're, 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 but we'll cover everything that needs to be covered. So let, let's zip to 1st first, the first part of the season. And we were talking before and there was one episode that, that stood up before we got to the unfortunate events that we've been waiting for for how they were going to handle for the last couple of years of the show. And that was the episode, um, two photographs. So Kimber, why don't you, uh, start us off with, uh, your thoughts there and we can move on from, from that.
1: Yeah. So this, like you said, the first. Four episodes, the you know first act of the last season, which is the Diana and Dodi Fayed um, story arc. Um, I really liked. Uh, if I had to pick something out of this, these first four episodes, um, the two photographs, uh, episode two, which focused on uh, the importance of image making within the you know with the press and the royal family themselves. And they sort of centered it around these two characters. One who was very real, this photographer, Mario Brenna, who was a real paparazzi photographer, um, who took the first, famously, like the first photo of the kiss between Diana and Dodi Fayed, sold it for, I've seen estimates, from anywhere from like a quarter million dollars to, or a quarter million pounds to five million pounds, depending on where you read it. Um, And then on the flip side, you've got this, Completely made up character, this Duncan Muir in his tweed jacket and button down Scottish tradition, um, who's like sort of the friend of the royal family and sort of, uh, you know, very dedicated to capturing their image in a very traditional way. Um, and given, you know, I was saying before, our background, we worked for a photography company, licensing company for years, and they had a paparazzi um, side of that business. Um, and I liked the way they portrayed the sort of feeding frenzy of the paparazzi. Um, In this, uh, there's this quote from the character, the paparazzi says, you know, like, we're hunters, we're killers. Um, Zipping around streets on motorbikes and renting boats and paying people off for tips and even something I discovered when we were working for that company that often celebrities worked in tandem with photo agencies to give them tips. So something looked like a photograph that was just sort of happened upon, but actually the photographers were being like tipped off to those events and where those celebrities might be. So, sort of a, particularly with Diana, it's a, you know, you know, the, the relationship of them working together, and then, of course, where we all know it's heading, that it ultimately is her undoing and death. And I, I just like
0: that, that story with the photographers. Yeah, what was interesting for me about that episode, um, obviously, the contrast of, of the different um, photographers, the, the, the contrast of styles, but it's also, it's the old and the new. And mm-hmm. that pertains to everything we've seen with the royal family, because the monarchy, whatever is, as, as they get into even and in, in later in the season, you know, they still represent, you know, the old. And the public's view, and which has become increasingly more negative over over time, it's because you know it's about modernization. And you know, so there's a big difference between like a photographer who, you know. Ha, takes out the, you know, has the, the old big camera. It's like Philip Sanger, portraits a specialty, you know, you know <laughs> see the birdie, click, whatever. And the guy who roams around paying off people, getting on boats, you know, hiding, whatever. Uh, the paparazzi, I mean, it's, it's two very different styles, but it's, it, and I, I just love how that's just a par, a, a definite, clear parallel to what's been, uh, baked into the storyline of the crown, especially for the last couple of seasons as we've been seeing that as opposed to like back in like the, the earlier seasons, you know, when royalty and the monarchy played a much bigger part in, in Br- in British politics and whatever, and much less so as the seasons progress as, as the years progress. Um,
1: yeah, I think in the whole in the whole series too, I think the best episodes have been the ones that have done those sort of contrasting stories, like what the the whether it's the old and the new or the public and the private, like but in big ways. And I and I think this one did a, a really good job at that. And there's going to be one that we talk about in the second half of this season um, that
0: does a similar sort of thing. I
1: think right, uh, right. the same sort of themes,
0: right. I mean, when you move beyond that, I mean, basically you have in these four episodes overall, it's, as you said, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's seeing Diana and Doty together. We are seeing Charlie and Charles, Charlie, Charles Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, it's <laughs> King Charlie to you, sir. But basically my, 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 my way of looking at, you know, the first two and a half to three episodes, it's, it's Diane and Doty getting together. Charles being pissy and sad. Muhammad is awful. Oh God, this there's, there's so much paparazzi crash. Okay, yeah. so that's really that's how I that's how I pretty much sum up the first three. See, all taken care of. Yeah, <laughs> which takes us to the fourth episode, which is aftermath. And you know, in some ways, the title kind of says it all. This was actually how I anticipated they were going to start the season. I thought there was going to be more of a time jump, and we were and they were going to avoid you no know, uh, any reenactment of um, Princess Diana's death. Um, and I'll give them points for the creativity of hinting at it at the very start of the season with the, the, the man walking the dog in Paris. And we don't, we can't really see what's going on, but we know what's going on, you know, with the, the cars whizzing by and, and the motorbikes and then the off screen crash. And then we eventually build back to that moment um, late in the, in the third episode. So, I had mentioned this to you before we started recording because, you know, okay, clearly we have to talk about Aftermath and how they try to get a little creative on the show, doing things that they don't normally do. At least I don't recall them doing uh previous to this. And this is, um and even though th- th- this is a, um it's a device, because I'm not going to say trope, it's not a trope, it's a device that I've seen, mm-hmm. we've all seen used on, especially in TV series, over the years where someone ends up speaking to, You know, the person who who has already passed away. They appear to them, you know, as as their conscience, as a ghost, as just something they're imagining. They're just talking to them, and it almost blows them to life, so they're there talking to them, whatever. And that's what they do in this episode, by having Diana pop up a couple times to talk to different characters. And I mostly like the device. Um, I love it. It depending, it depended on the scene and how much I believed it. Um, I might have found the actress who playing Diana more appealing in those scenes a little bit, but that might be just because of how they, they wrote the scenes for what, the, of what you had to say. I think you're, I think you're shaking your head. So I'm kind of curious to hear your opinion. Oh, it would be kind of fun if you're the first negative person. Um, Although the way I my, the way I just did that little wrap up might have <laughs> I might have sounded a little bit negative myself. I didn't mean to do that. Go ahead. So I
1: I was re- like you were just saying that this is a device you've seen used before. Where do you think this has been used successfully? Because I was racking my brain after the fourth episode with the ghost of Diana talk and the ghost of Dodi Fayed talking to his father. Mm-hmm. W- off the top of the dome, like wh- wh- where do you think that's been used effectively? Can where, you think uh, of a
0: show or something? Where someone's talking to someone who's already passed away. Ed, and yeah. um, They did it a couple times on the show Scrubs. Um,
1: I, I know, know they used it throughout um, Six Feet Under.
0: Yes, they did. Use the, it the father six feet
1: would. Under. Yeah, I thought that was very effective. But that show was all about death.
0: Um, let's see, they did it. Two times they did it two two different times I know of on scrubs, I think they might have done it on the west wing unless I'm confusing those two together. Mm. um it, it, yeah I, I i know what you're saying but i i, I, I it depends how it's done i, I mean i yeah. if i if yeah. i if I had planned this ahead of time, I probably could have come up i could have sure out a list yeah um,
1: yeah um i uh i didn't like it. I mean I liked the I liked the conversations. I, I liked her sitting with the Queen. I liked her sitting on the plane with Charles. I liked Dodie talking to his father. Like I liked the conversations, but man, it just like took me out of it. And I was like straight into like science fiction. Like I was just like, what is going on? Like the Even though the show has played loose with historical facts at times, of course, like you said at the beginning of the show, it has to because it's a, it's a historical drama. It's not a documentary, but I felt this was like a bridge too far. Um, I also don't know, not a writer. Um, I don't know how else you could have covered it. Um, And maybe the I think he took a creative risk, and so I do give him credit for that. Um, I don't know how you could have covered it more conventionally. It probably would have been much more boring, like staring at TV coverage and newspapers and that kind of thing. Um, I did like what I really loved was when people were told about her death in the first few scenes of that how they cut the sound out and it just went to these silent reactions um i loved that choice not a fan of the ghost of diana and doty fayed
0: um okay but that's 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 some that's mostly i would say it's a mostly valid way to look at it um again I, i i don't Unless you're purporting to do something which is meant to be a gritty, you know, grounded historical fact, pure whatever. I, I mm-hmm. don't, I, I, you can do whatever the hell you want as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if they, could they go, for me, could they have got it? Could, is it possible to go a step too far? Absolutely. I just, I didn't feel that way because I did think about what are other ways they could have done this. And I thought, mm, are we gonna just have like little imagined flashback moments where there were conversations that happened once upon a time that never, you know, which, which then then we're getting to okay, so we're just gonna make up things even more than before, mm-hmm. but those moments wouldn't make any sense because that wasn't where they were in their lives at the time. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, the way I look, this is the way I look at it there are many people who've had people pass in their lives Mm. and either it's at either at home themselves or when they go to a graveside, they do, people will say they, they, they talk to those that have passed and they do sometimes can imagine a conversation, whatever, or just, you know, this, they, they take it to, you know, depicting it this way, Mm. which this has been done in one way or another, you know, since the, the dawn of fiction writing, you know. I, I'm, I'm sure if I took the time to find sure. a work by Shakespeare, I'm sure there's a ghost that talks to somebody. I know there's this Christmas carol thing that involves a whole bunch of ghosts <laughs> talking, you know. So, wait, so is Marley there or not? You know, you know, <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, so I, I, the reason why I liked it is because, all right. We're, we're not pretending to be something that we're not. That's why I got annoyed. I got annoyed with people the, the thing I said before. It's like, no, no, no. Now they're, they're kind of embracing it here. They're doing, they're doing that here. You know? So I have no problem. You know, we, we, didn't, we didn't have a thing where like someone walked in the room and said, who are you talking to or any of that kind of stuff. So it, right. it, it felt to me, it was in these quiet moments. These characters were having no one around. Diana was representing their conscience, mm-hmm. and that's how. And that's why. And they do something in a different way, in, later in the season, which I also think mm-hmm. works really well. And probably, I'm going to guess you probably have a, a more positive feeling about, if, if only mm-hmm. because of who who they are. Yeah. Um. So for me, wow, I can't believe I'm the positive one. Uh, yeah. For, for yeah, me, yeah, we'll get to we'll worked.
1: get to that. And and you're right. You're, I mean, you're right in jumping ahead and guessing. I I do have. A, you know, a nuanced, like, better reaction to the final episode of the season, right. which uses a similar sort of
0: mechanic. So so overall, it was funny because my when they put up these four, and for me, to a certain extent, the first three kind of blend together. It was just, like, one really long episode. I mean, the stuff with the two yeah. photographers at least made that creatively a more interesting episode because it changed the uh, the formatting of the episode yes and, and and did it did it in a way that they've done th- things similar to that before and they they'll, they'll do it one more time later, later on um an aftermath was i i guess it, why i liked the episode overall i gonna say i loved it. it wasn't like my top 10 favorite crown episodes although i don't know if i have 10 um <laughs> i was like okay how are they gonna deal with this We've been waiting for this. This is the thing, you know, let's face it. We've been waiting how they're going to deal with Princess Diana's death and how we're going to get there and how we're going to see those reactions. What's the Queen's reaction actually going to be? How are they going to depict Charles mm-hmm. in the opening moments and later on and how are the kids going to be? And I like, I agree. I also like the, those moments of silence, which I thought it was. Uh, the writer, I think, I'm assuming Peter Morgan wrote the episode, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he probably did. He, the writer, co- at the very least, co-wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it was kind of showing a little bit of respect by not having a pure entire reenactment of that and how mm-hmm. they would have reacted. It's like, we're going to take a step back here. We don't, you know, they're, you know, they're going to be feeling shock and grief Well, we're not going to, we're not going to push your face in it. Uh, and by the same token, we know that these got these people, they're either watching the show themselves or they're being told about it. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to put their faces in it as well, especially because now we're dealing with the, the, the subject matter. Everyone was worried about since the show started, like, you know, when we when it's back in season one, like, you know, so at some point they're going to have to get the princess Diana, right? That's gonna, how they, how they going right. to
1: deal with that. Well, that's why I loved that. The very because that was the big question of this season, how are they going to and like you said, of the whole show, perhaps, because that's many of our like most recent memory of this um or our, our adult memory or whatever, you know, and I love that opening scene of the guy out walking his dog in Paris, like they just started with that, right like let's just get it out of the way, we're just gonna start with the car crash. And then we're just going to like back the story into it and get there again by the end of these four episodes. I thought that was super smart writing and almost like sort of took some of the some of the pressure off the storytelling of the first four episodes because it's just like let's deal with like the elephant in the room and the or the gun on the table or whatever the you know the symbolism might be. And uh, I just I thought that
0: was really smart. Right. And I I won't be specific about what show i'm referencing so don't guess it please because i know i have friends who haven't seen it yet and i know they eventually Mm. will and i don't necessarily want to spoil something but Mm. it was nice to see a netflix series that opens with something that hints at some form of a car crash and then we build up to it later on, and it actually means something. It's actually important, although we know what it is in this one. Um, and another Netflix series where we see a car crash, it opens a season, then we get to it many episodes later, and it means absolutely nothing. It was like, the oh, That's good. I have no show. idea what you're talking about, so I can't even spoil good. it. So that's great. <laughs> the, pe- the people who know, know. The people who don't. Uh, private message me, I'll tell you. (laughs) Anyway. So so let's get on to the other 60% uh, of the season. Exactly. (laughs) And look, the other 60% of the season is basically, it's interesting how it kind of, the, the series focus had shifted away from the Queen and Philip, after the first three to four seasons. As we, and then we transition to Charles, Charles and Diana. And it's interesting how we get to the, these final six, how we say, oh, look, now they're shifting to William. So it seems like, this if I'm going to be cruel about it, and I shouldn't be, but I will, um, with with one one episode accepted, for a minute there, it seemed like the, this final act of, of the series was going to toggle between... Hey, here's William at school, and now somebody dies. Here's William at school, and now somebody dies. <laughs> An old person dies. Yes. Well, look, there, there was a certain point where I was concerned—not concerned. I was like, going, "Wait a minute." I was looking at how many episodes were left. I was like, "Okay, are we? Is are we just going to have a succession of?" Let, let's continue just to watch the, the older elderly members of the Royal family die episode after episode after episode. Mm. Um, I'm glad that they didn't completely go that way. There were two episodes in a row. I thought, Oh wait, are they really doing that? <laughs> but um, I think they handled that situation. Um I will give them a lot of credit for doing it in a way I hadn't anticipated. And I always like when writers and, and creators come up with something that wasn't the way I expected. And I think, generally speaking it works but let let's go earlier in the season um to one specific episode i'm, I'm guessing it was the sixth episode uh, overall of the season ruritania yeah ruritania
1: yeah i i think again this is like two photographs to me it steps outside of the this season in particular is a very small narrative. It's about interpersonal relationships among a handful of people. It doesn't look at the world at large or bring in other characters. And um, I really love this Tony Blair. You know this Tony Blair versus the Queen episode. Um, I I love the depiction of Tony Blair, like that little domestic scene of like him and his wife, like making fun of like bill clinton's accent like after he's gotten off the phone with him i think that's just a h- hilarious like little thing like that a husband and wife might do um and this whole thing again like two photographs blair is advocating for a reformation of the tradition of uh the royal family and all the trappings around it um And it seems as though they're willing to consider it for a moment, but then it comes all the way around. And again, like it's been covered in this entire show over 60 episodes that they keep coming back to the Royal family does have a purpose in the tradition. There's a reason why they keep coming back to what a lot of people might deem as nonsense and expensive and useless in a modern world and so on. But I thought this episode was great performance by um, Blair and the queen. I love the women's Institute relationship that the queen has. um, And then Blair completely botches, doesn't read the room with his speech. Um, And the whole bit where they're reviewing this hilarious, like, Person after person, like the swans guard and the guy that folds the napkins, and like it is just the absolute most ridiculous part of royalty, but the show winds up pointing out why it makes sense to the royals. And I think it's super, super smart
0: episode. Absolutely. What's interesting for me was when you go to the earlier seasons of of the series um oftentimes the the most memorable or best scenes and episodes overall would be the anything and everything depicting the relationship between the current queen and whoever the prime minister was Mm -hmm. i mean we'll probably have a minor chat later on about you know the different performers who played either be queen elizabeth or prince philip and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but perhaps just as maybe even more significantly we also have all these different prime ministers that we've seen over the course of time, a few kind of, you know, maybe flitter away to memory, but you know, Lithgow opening up as Churchill, well, mm-hmm. that, that, that was what attracted us to the series in the first place. And those scenes mm-hmm. between him and Claire Foy and how much importance was played between them. Then you had like them, like when we talked about like the, the, the Thatcher. So you had like Julian Anderson going, going up against Olivia Coleman, And the, the, those are like really great scenes between them. And we, there either someone really loved Julian Anderson in that role or didn't, which I, there was a little bit of polarization there. And understandably, I could, I get why there was, you know, I actually enjoyed Johnny Lee Majors, um, Johnny Lee, sorry, Johnny Lee. Wait, what's his last name? Um, the, yeah, I can't remember. Miller, that. Johnny Lee Miller playing John Major. Yep. Who I always thought was a, a, a comparatively inconsequential, com, only compared to those who came before and after him. Uh, prime minister, because Thatcher was such a huge figure and Blair became a huge political figure, you know, after, after Major. Um, it was funny because when I knew they were going to get to Tony Blair, I was like, oh. Are they gonna have Tony Tony Blair here and they're not gonna have Michael Sheen play him? Because all every other time <laughs> every other him. time Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair. In fact, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's played Tony Blair on at least one, if not two different times, for P- a Peter Morgan production, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, who cares? Make it a must story have been busy. good joke. But instead it's like a, I think the guy's name is like Bertie Carvel, I think is the, is the actor's name.
1: Yeah, he's uh, mostly
0: a stage actor. He hasn't done much um on TV or in the movies. Well, I, I and maybe it's because I'm so used to the the Michael Sheen version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really liked the way he took to the role, and there was there was a, there was both a, a calculated but an earnest quality at the same t- operating at the same time. Whenever he had his scenes with, either, especially with with the Queen, and we got to see that kind of taken down uh, a little bit in the scenes with his wife, as you described, um, kind of also surprised that they decided not to do any actual depictions of either of the presidents in these the final 10 i guess they just didn't want to be bothered with it only because they they did go through the trouble with you know with kennedy and with johnson and i guess they avoided nixon entirely i think about mm-hmm. it. um but i i was looking forward to the whole you know the the scenes where you have the queen sitting there and and the and the prime minister has to come in and tolerate her or she has to tolerate him and or or her in, in Thatcher's case cuz i think that when i look back at the entire series those are my favorite things about the series overall just as far as just interactions more so than between members of the royal family so this i thought was like kind of a return to that and i was like mm-hmm. oh okay and i can see how that would be more it, it's more difficult to get to that in these later seasons because they're just not the players that they were back in the you know 50s and early 60s. And that's why so much of the focus shifts to, you know, the, the children and Charles and whatever. And it becomes a bit more melodramatic, gossipy, um, historic information that we're all somewhat aware of at a certain age, as opposed to what we were watching back in, in those first couple of seasons where, unless you're a history buff, you didn't know how, what impact the royal family might have had on any kind of political dealings back in the fifties or, and, and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I really did in, enjoy it a lot. I, I love, like you, I love the parade of the different, you know, seemingly silly positions that the royal family has <laughs> and how, and how they all kind of, uh, showed why why they exist especially was it the master of swans i love the master
1: yeah whatever whatever it was yeah yeah and they were all just like also proud of their jobs you know and it, yeah it's it was just it was wonderful and you know it, it was it was so strange and odd and each one was like a superhero they had their own
0: costume and
1: mannerisms and so on so yeah i i loved that
0: and and what was fascinating about it is we're watching and we and we're hearing what each of these positions were and there's you know there's 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 a few in a row where where you know one might be inclined to roll their eyes like really and that that that's still a thing especially when it's something that's been handed down from generation to generation kind of kind of a position but there's a there's a certain seriousness that and respect are even given by the queen and her um her, uh, her her assistant right hand man there mm-hmm. the whole time where they're they're not viewing them in a comical way the way that we might be and they, they're taking right. it seriously and and overall they real and that's where the, the the moral of the story is how it, this is all here for a reason as and, right. and and yes you can mock it but it's there for a reason it's almost like a shield in a way um, right. and then it also brought
1: her character down to a level that she had never really paid attention to. And maybe this is something that comes with age and so on. Like she had never really considered that all those years she had gone to those dinners, that there was a guy in charge of the napkins, right? you know, she had never, and what she bonded in whatever way with those individuals, she actually had an appreciation for them in their particular skills and traditions that sort of, Stacked up and added like, oh, these are the people that basically build the traditions behind me and, you know, and, and sort of buffet our entire royal family up. And so I felt like she, in the same way that she had, you know, she has this relationship with this women's institute organization, you know, which is not royal in any way. It's just a bunch of rural housewives and very traditional conservative organization um, same way she had this relationship with those people, um, she discovered this invisible relationship she had with all these other people working around her entire
0: life. Right, right. It, it's And it's at, at long last, it's the understanding that it's not simply the royal family. It's these mm. different components that are part of the overall support system. And people who, there are any number of people who do still hold them in high regard. And whether it be the women's organization who, you know, obviously are at you know fervent supporters of the queen and the royal family or all these different positions who uh, I forgot about the nap the, the 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 napkin dude that was great <laughs> Lord of the napkins anyway <laughs> Yeah, but they they all have their part to play, and they're part of it, and it's it, it is why it works. Even if even if at this point it's more about pomp and circumstance, and not and, and less about you know political impo- power, but they represent something, and that's what she. I think that's what it, it's it's like the thing that happened um in a previous season where it was about um the uh the ship. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, whole, the yacht. Yeah, the whole thing about but they wanted to decommission it, right? Yeah, and what that actually represented in some of that's me. And, <laughs> 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 so we go from an episode like that. Now, I think it seems like every season, or it seems like every season, there is at least one episode that suddenly really focuses on Princess Margaret. Mm-hmm. You know, we can remember the, where we either was back in the days of Vanessa Kirby or Helena Bottom Carter, and we've been watching Leslie and Manville, and that role has been somewhat diminished as we've mm-hmm. moved through through the years because it just by because other players are taking center stage now, like Charles, Diane, etc. But we finally get that episode with with Princess Margaret, and oh Lord, <laughs> it's the uh, the episode Ritz. It it. It's just a sad episode that just keeps getting sadder as far as the modern day story. And mm-hmm. it tells us, and then it does that, that, that nice little parallel of something that happened back on VE day, um, with the royal sisters. And hey, if you're going to, if you're going to point to something that pro, most likely probably didn't happen, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Unless, unless you know something I don't and did some research <laughs> that I'm not so. Aware of.
1: So this did happen. Really, it it didn't happen as depicted by many different accounts. Uh, the Elizabeth and her sister did go outside the palace, somewhat in disguise, on VE Day, and it's hard for us to understand how what a big deal VE Day was in Europe, in England, and around the world at that moment. <laughs> But they had a larger guard with them. They had a governess with them. They were in disguise. Um, they may or may not have gone to the Ritz. The thing that probably bugged me the most about this is that they pushed it. S- s- by some accounts, they went outside the palace and they participated in like a conga line with some like commoners and so on. Whether or not they got to the Ritz, I've read varying accounts about. But the thing that really bothered me was I felt that Morgan went too far in the writing. That she had to look down this set of stairs, and there were a bunch of, you know, as they said, there's Harlem music down there. There's black soldiers. Like, they had to try to make this... Like they used that as like a dumb stand-in for like how edgy could we make this experience? And I I, I was really was probably one of the most troubling things of the entire series for me that they used these African American soldiers as a stand in for Elizabeth's rebellion. You know, and certainly we see that in some other historical things covered in previous episodes when she dances with, oh God, I can't remember. He's an African king or prime minister in one of their colonies when she goes to visit and it caused a big scandal that really happened. There was a photograph of that like at a reception or something like that. But I felt like this as a totally made up thing was just like narratively a really uncomfortable like just a bit too far.
0: Hmm. Um. I, I, okay, let's see. I'm not going to say I I'm not going to say I disagree with you per se, because it, it it certainly stood out that way. And I was especially when that scene starts, and I and I I sense where they were going to go. I was like, okay, let's see what they're doing here, because um, I'm already at this point. I'm already like, okay, I'm pretty sure this didn't happen, but. Let's see, because it's 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 got the whole. It's been a secret that's been kept for the last forty five, fifty years between sisters, and and Margaret keeps seeming like she's about to fucking let it go, and you know, <laughs> you know like yeah, a birthday party or whatever. Um, so there, I I agree about the cringe factor. And like going, oh, if you, the way you get it, I mean, it, it's a tough line to draw because on one hand, I get wanting to show it's the Americans, and you know, at that time, oh, it's oh, and it's not, you know, the 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 moral. bunch of guys from Brooklyn, yeah, but you know, because it was just, you know, you you want it to be jazz, you want it to be something just like unstructured, and you know, you have, you know, you have, you know, people dre- dressed as, you know. A certain way on stage, and you know, just kind of going crazy with it, whatever. Um, but 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 the thing using the black soldiers that way initially kind of made me kind of go, Ugh. but I I was very torn on it because there was part of me that said, okay, if there's a few guys and they're not all black, I might this might not have that quite that kind of feeling but then i went yeah but how likely was that at that time i don't i might not i mean we could get away with it because maybe if you know if it's like three guys and just it's just one of them wasn't maybe i don't have it doesn't have quite that kind of ooh enticement to and it was like ooh, look what we're doing and it's like you're making me really go so her big thing was that they sh- showing out with a black dude is that what you're gonna say which isn't what is not what which isn't what happened But, um, it, I wonder how necessary it was at all. Yeah. And that's, and then, and that's the thing, like, is the, is, is, is the juice worth the squeeze, as they say, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I didn't, I'm not going to say, I can't claim that I found it offensive, but it, 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 it could have been, it came, you know, but I also I'm also wary of saying it that way because then I don't, don't want to come off not how I mean to uh, critique yeah. it. Um, it just part of me also didn't really buy it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I waver between being offended by it and just feeling it was like super lazy. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that's what I. I th- I, I, usually... I think it was just lazy. Like, what can I plug in here? To make this scene seem super rebellious and super scandalous, that it would be a secret between sisters for fifty years. Oh, and it's because
0: it's a bunch of black guys.
1: Yeah, like that. Like that's like. Oh God. Really,
0: I I, I tend to hate. The terms like lazy writing, I am, I'm always quick to push back on that. It's like people say filler for an episode or something, which also drives me crazy, or people will complain about fan service, which also drives me crazy. Yeah, that drives me crazy. I think all those people need to, you know, shut the fuck up. But I can't disagree. You know, most things we watch, the whole, the nature of the production is servicing fans so stop complaining about otherwise why am i
1: watching it yeah oh no if you're not serving me
0: a super a a superhero or or a sci-fi fantasy movie oh there's some fans i'm like why are we watching it
1: yeah that's why i paid money to watch this because i want to be served never understood that
0: yeah whatever. idiot comments um i i almost wish they'd done something that had just a bit more subtlety and they, and, and may, may, may have still had the same kind of, this has been a secret between us for the last 50 years. And I think going to, this is where I do, this is where I agree. Actually, I do agree with you, much generally speaking, like, okay, let's just do this because then it's a really easy, okay, no, we get it. Oh, whatever. It's like, no, I, I would have rather you just done, you're going to be making something up no matter what, you know? Okay. So make up something that just, it could have been just, just like just one random dude that she ended up dancing with and maybe they had a, which would have been a bigger deal because she's, she's, she's Elizabeth, you know, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't do that with her. And, you know, and you, Mm -hmm. and you never told Philip, oh, you know, there was this one, there was this one night, this one man I, I shared a chest kiss with, whatever. Mm couldn't, could have have Pride and Prejudice the whole damn thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, look, it, whatever,
1: it, it, I think they also needed to contrast it with, you know, I mean, th- this episode is really, I mean, it's bringing the Margaret art, like you said, it's the bringing the Margaret arc to the end. Yeah, And it's so sad, like her strokes and the scalding in the bathtub, oh. and she keeps trying to like put on a a proper face and keep going to parties and smoke when they, she's not supposed to be and drink when she's not supposed to be. And, you know, I mean, she was always, you know, as depicted in the show, like the central sort of party girl opposite of her sister. And I think this was some, this was the reminiscence because this was the one time that Margaret saw her sister act like she did.
0: Right. The one time Elizabeth was the wild one, not not Mark. And not me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so. That's why I'm willing to forgive it.
0: That's why I'm willing to forgive it. I I, I wish it hadn't been, but. Right. If it had been used in any other type of episode, it would have just made me furious. Right. Here, okay, I get why we're doing it, I get the contrast and this is the thing they share. And it, it adds a, a level of pathos to her passing. um, And this little, this one little secret that he kept their, their lives, whatever. It's like, okay, that works. Oh, by the way, I haven't mentioned yet just, but I want to give Imelda Staunton, you know, a lot of credit in these final episodes of, of the series, because she didn't have quite up until we get to these later episodes. She didn't, Quite have the, the, the showy material and the major material that certainly that Claire Foy had and even Olivia Coleman had up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, but in these later episodes, I thought. She did a remarkable job. She, they, gave, and they actually gave her some really solid material, um, in a number, of, in a few of these episodes. So I really wanted to, I think people sometimes, will, we don't, we never give her the credit that we give the other, the actresses. We always go, Oh, Olivia Colvin, she's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. But you know, Staunton, you know, she deserves a little credit, especially and particularly in this episode. I think there's a lot of moments with her that I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah. Well, I think as, These final six episodes, like you said, like, you know, it's a lot of people die. It's a lot of the old people dying and there's a lot of stuff around memory and perspective. Like, you know, in the first episode when Philip goes to visit William at school and like, they're looking at the posters of like, Claudia Schiffer in William's room. And so I was like, Oh, in my day it was, you know, credit Garbo on the, on the wall and not this Claudia Schiffer, you know, like they're all giving these. And and like in some of the other episodes where. Philip is like looking at old photographs and home movies and the queen is doing the same thing. She's looking at home movies. There's a lot of reminiscence in particularly in the last six episodes of this season and you know they do it in different ways and you know sometimes it's just through people talking about memories sometimes it's the films on the wall that they're showing sometimes it's these recreated flashbacks like on ve day so i do appreciate how he's trying to capture what's on the mind of this sort of like dying off generation uh, you know and M- margaret's remembrances of of her wild days and, and still trying to live them out like she was in her 20s even though she's had strokes and shouldn't be partying anymore
0: right 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 and no, also, yeah, Jonathan Price has a few really nice scenes in this season as well. Um, especially when he goes to see William, he has that conversation across the table from him. And I thought it was uh, remarkably well written. And I believe the women he's talks about who are on his wall. I, my memory is, I think it was Betty Grable and Rita Hayworth. Oh, them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. My day it was Betty Grable. We're going Betty Grable. He went with Betty went with Betty Grable. That's an interesting yeah. one. Okay. And um, again,
1: I it, just to, Touch on it, move on. I love the scene when he's talking to William over the chess board, and like it's so well written. I think it's complete bullshit i don't I don't think any conversation like that ever happened between Prince Philip and his grandson or or any grandfather and their grandson in the history of the world and right, <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Let's rev- move on. Revoke your membership in the podcast. Okay, sleep, dearie, sleep. Uh, anyway, Uh here we here we go. Now he's not going to like this one either. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get what why 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 is she out of focus? You know, is, she, is she a ghost? Is she under? Is she under <laughs> bubble wrap? Uh, I don't, <laughs> i didn't i didn't know we became the the serious tv drama literal only it says drama in the title drama, which means you're dramatizing something (laughs) jesus but yet you say it's serious yeah well you're taking it too serious (laughs) great scene don't listen to him people anyway um so yes sleep dairy sleep and by the time we get to this last episode, and as you just mentioned, there's a certain point when we're watching these final six, and I had to thought, wait, we're not just going to be watching, you know, episode after episode of each, you know, of member of the royal family passing away, you know, because I've, I'm I was doing the calculation, okay, like, okay, so we need like, so we we have to have the then we have to have a Philip dying episode, and we have to have a Queen dying episode, and we're going into the last episode, and we're like, okay, they're not going to do a whole bunch of time jumping here, and they come up with a really. Uh, nicely uh, nuanced creative way to handle it and it's having the queen help to plan and prepare her own funeral which really gives us the the, the chance to watch the queen consider and, th- and consider her own mortality and it's the you know it is the, the looking back and memories of course whatever but it's it's the perfect way to get, when we get to the final episode of this entire series, it's like, well, this is the culmination of it because at the end of the day, she's the focus. She's the one wearing that crown. And, and the fact that this had not really been something that had been done before that the queen, the queen, you know, or whoever was, you know, you know, the person on the throne would be planning their own. Well, how their death was going to be handled um kind of makes it a, a a unique situation now I don't know if that actually happened I, i'm willing I'm willing to say it probably s- something like this did that would that would make a lot of sense to me that they would have done some level of prep especially you know because she dies like maybe 10 years later than this because she died in her 90s right she just died uh she died year
1: before last she died in 21.
0: I- or the was it twenty one? I think it was twenty one or twenty two. That long
1: ago. Yeah, oh, wait, I think wait, wait, this what? is. Philip oh, she Philip she
0: and Philip died with died within a year of each other. I think. I don't remember if he was yeah. twenty one. She was. She might have. It could have been twenty two with her. It might have been twenty two. I don't. It, Whatever, you know what? I don't care. Really I don't, I don't care. Later. I don't care. It's not on the show, so yeah. I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't need to be right because it's not on the show. Right, so right. and that's not the point. And 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 that's but certainly not point of the episode. But this is over ten years earlier. Because this, I yeah. think we're we're roughly around 2010 here. I think because that's I think that's when Charles and Camilla got married. I think it was roughly like t- around 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, but by having the, the idea of her, you know, confronting her own mortality, and it gives us this great succession of moments where she's oh, I used succession twice. thing I also want to watch Succession. Yeah, there you go. Um, I should watch that show someday. Ugh,
1: see, you know, you, you yeah, say, I know Why do all, you um, philistine? You say, you say all the other
0: piffle, and then then it turns out you never watch it. The next thing you know, like oh, breaking what? I've never, I don't know. Breaking sad. I've I've never seen that. Either. <laughs> um, let's just fast forward right to breaking out the great performers who played the Elizabeth before and getting to use them in the series, and and not just in the little clips that we were watching on the on the home movie footage where like oh there's matt smith whatever it's like maybe i should give him another chance because i remember i hated him as philip whatever (laughs) you know or you see the photos of you know claire Foy, whatever the fact they actually got to be used in this way i really i enjoyed it i thought it worked and maybe it's also because you know what The fact that I got to see Claire Foy play Elizabeth again, the fact that I got to see Olivia Coleman play Elizabeth one more time and have a conversation quite unlike any kind of conversations they would have had in the past. And even if they, even if they conflicted with each other, which I like that too, because they show Elizabeth at different stages of her life and how their perspective would be, you know, the, the, the Elizabeth of the, late 40s 50s is not going to be the same one as the late 60s 70s and i, I really mm-hmm. kind of in, enjoyed the way they they handled those scenes and i don't and if i'm not mistaken i don't think Ston ever makes eye contact with them i don't recall she ever does if she does i just don't I, oh, that's I don't. a good point i think they're always like over her sh- maybe with
1: olivia coleman Maybe not. Oh, no, that's really interesting. I should.
0: She's always be behind it. her. She's always busy doing something else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's. I don't. You know. I. I think that I don't think they ever share the same plane exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's a good point. Like I think the 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 two main questions of this season was or what were they going to do with Diana's death? How are they going to do that? And where were they going to end it? Right. And they begin it in a really interesting way in that opening shot of the guy walking his dog in Paris and the car crash sort of abstractly. And they end it by showing the queen's funeral without it really showing her death. Right. Through the planning through when she's walking through the church and she's imagining like walking by her own coffin draped, you know, in the flag through the, like you said, the conversations with her younger self. Um, I have known several, you know, obviously non-royal people who have planned their own funerals extensively. Um, and then I've attended those funerals. Like I actually had a, The guy who was 20 years older than me that passed away a few years ago. But, like, he actually showed me, like, his book with his funeral in it, like, with the music and, like, everything in it. So, this is not so odd, and it's probably not so odd for royalty in particular. Um, So, I thought it was really smart. Unlike the Diana Ghost thing, where like you bring up, she was sitting next to people and making eye contact with them in conversation. I did like the subtlety almost of her younger selves being to the side behind her, you know, sort of recognizing that space. This is my past. This is my present. Right. Exactly. Um, in that consideration of it,
0: um, and it, and it le- and also it, it becomes a more I could see it being more acceptable to you because we talk to ourselves. Right. We all do. I, yes. I I talk to myself excessively for some Yes, for me. Right. And I, but I never, although I might talk to myself quite a bit, I never imagined that I'm, you know, I'm looking at myself, talking to myself, unless I'm, unless, unless I'm doing the, and it's like a very, it's a movie cliche actually, uh, unless I'm actually talking in the mirror, which I try not to do because, you know, I'm not, you know, s- you know, snow white or something. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, but I like, because it made sense that she, you know, It is, you know, it's it's obviously a lot of it is guilt and conscience and regret and and how you're dealing with things. But I I I like that's how they handle that. But it's how it's because the thing with the Queen for all these seasons and just she's probably the most famous yet inscrutable historic figure of the last one hundred years, if you think about it, because there's so much that we will can never know about her, mm-hmm. which is why so much of the series is obviously imagined, which is why I go, yeah, obviously, Come, shh, stop sure. um, right. <laughs> you know, it's not. Sure. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, I bet Lincoln didn't have that. Kind of, you know, I don't know. I didn't keep track of what Lincoln said back then either. Um, but.
1: Well, it was Daniel Day-Lewis, so.
0: Yeah, but we'll forgive it, customer. Anyway, But here, I, I, I really that that long walk down i guess it's the church at the end right mm-hmm. Where, and and then someone realized oh this is the, this is the final shot okay and they and I, i'll have to give them credit because there was something i was expecting them to do and they didn't do it and i said you know what i respect them not doing it because if you really think about it eh, you don't need to it's recent they're not they're not. They're not. They're making this series with the idea someone's going to watch it a hundred years from now and wonder Mm -hmm. what happened. No postscripts. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They did they did give us a postscript with Margaret because that's something that maybe we weren't, didn't quite remember, you know, that she'd passed, you know, just a couple months later, Mm -hmm. but we don't get a postscript telling us that, you know, a rundown of when Philip died or when she actually died or that Charles took.
1: When when Charles became king and when, Kate and Wills had a baby. Right. And,
0: they, I think yeah. they just decided, you know what? Not necessary. What we did in this episode tells the story that we wanted to tell. And this is, right. Th- this is, you know, cause at this point, you know, she's nearing her end. We don't, we don't need to show you any uh, furtherance into decrepitude that might have happened, mm-hmm. you know, years later or whatever. Right. So right. I, I thought it, I thought it was kind of a, almost a triumphant way to handle, um, the, the close of that character and, and the series. So I, I, really, I was really kind of impressed by the way they ended the, uh, yeah. the, the series overall because that was the big question mark. Where are they going to stop? I would not have, I would not have guessed this would, would have been the moment, but it, but they came up with something. I was like, okay, that works. You know, I didn't realize, by the way, speaking of the final episode, cause the other thing that happens during this whole episode is the preparation of, uh, the marriage between Charles and, and Camilla. You know, I didn't realize the entire time I'm watching this season that it was the actress Olivia Williams playing Camilla at this point. I mean, where I'm sitting right now as I as I speak to you on this podcast, there's a giant Rushmore poster behind me. And one of the people in that poster, one of the stars of that movie is Olivia Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never I never put it together like, wait, I I didn't know until I was like put, jotting down some of the names of the actors playing the different parts and i went... Mean, Wait, that was Olivia Williams. Yeah. Holy crap! I had his no teacher, right? Uh, yes, exactly. She was a teacher, and yeah. she's also um, the wife in the Sixth Sense. So two.
1: Main... Oh, I didn't remember that, but well, now you. Yeah, know. I. I... <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the the final episode is the longest episode. Yep. Of any of them, and I always I always think like you know you know when you see those edits and it's like. this episode's 49 minutes and this one's 53 minutes like each week. Like God, like why, why can't somebody cut an episode? Same, same length every, every week or whatever. Yeah. But this almost seems intentional. Like in that final shot, like I didn't think about what they might do extra with it, but I watched that final shot of her, this tiny little woman walking through this enormous space as like, Mortal walking through this huge tradition um, you know into the future and you know eventually her own death and i thought it was i thought it was really smart like for a season that i had a lot of problems with in that you know i start thinking about the whole series where i loved the series the most is when it was big when Claire Foy was buzzing around the world to the different, you know, colonies and learning about being somebody on a world stage and the importance of herself. Um, or when Margaret was going to the White House, or when there were big events and disasters and world events and so on. Like when the show was big, those were my favorite parts. My knock on this season is that it got so small it got to be just about Dodie and diana and charles and then just about will and kate and it's interesting that in our conversation you and i didn't talk at all about will and kate Mm -hmm. because obviously i could care less about that story arc and i know it's important because you know of the eventual secession of you know the royal family and so on. But like that just the, the you know, and I liked the three characters that they cast in that arc um are our relative like unknowns and they're not experienced in any way. Like it's kind of interesting casting, but like I really don't care about that story at all. I liked the show when it was big. Um well and I felt at the end It showed the bigness of Elizabeth exiting through the church in the smallness of her against the tradition.
0: Right, right. Well, as I, I think I referenced it earlier in the podcast. I mean that that's probably what I I think I used the phrase uh, something that's baked into the series. Right. Unfortunately, one of the things that's baked into the series is the the gradual and then quick um diminishing of the importance of you know the British Royal Empire in you know over the last seventy five years and as it only could be. So you go from a story which is the macro, um and how the a major world figure and and played such a major part in British politics, in their dealings with the Prime Minister and society throughout the years of when, when Claire Foy is, is Elizabeth. And even to a certain extent, when, Eli- certainly when Olivia Coleman is, certainly during the sixties, mm-hmm. if, if not as much once we get into the seventies and later. Um, and then we go from macro to micro, where all of a sudden the, and I thought that was one of the problems with the series. If I was going to be a, a little negative about it, and I will be a little negative about it. I've, um, so I noticed that like seasons three and four made my best of lists. Those, the years that they were on, you know, I think, I think one season, I think season three was like number eight on my list of 2019 and season four was number eight on my list for 2020 season five wasn't mentioned. It didn't make my and and, yeah. and I'll tell you right now, this one's probably n- unlikely to make my list either. Especially, I haven't yeah. made it yet, but in my mind, I was like, well, I can already think of ten shows that are better than that. Um,
1: and it's, yeah, I would agree. I'm, since season four, that's when it's. I mean, season four is when it started focusing on the, the shift, the Diana Charles, and then
0: there, right? Which we knew, but the the thing is. We knew that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there was nothing surprising about that. And, and I was concerned, I remember thinking, had a level of concern for the series because, okay, we're, as I said before, we're going to eventually start moving away from, you know, things that were more important as far as world history or even british history and how it affected politics and society and and whatever and we're going to get more into the more sordid side because it's going to be more this the fodder of tabloids with you know Charles and Diana and it's going to be that and and even at least that was there was still interest to be held there because it's still kind of a painful story especially when you know about you know the, the, the torturous uh feelings and and situations that Diana went through or whatever but i was Still aware, like okay, but eventually the Queen and Philip, they're going to be receding more into the background of the series because there's not really going to be that much for them to be doing. They just Mm -hmm. simply didn't do as much as they got into their older years. I mean, if if they had, for whatever reason, either suddenly had passed away or decided to, you know, step away from the throne, and someone like Charles had taken over, you know, decades earlier, then maybe the royal family has a different. Uh, place in society. But due to those scandals, due to that situation with Diana, due to the divorce and everything else, there was no way that was ever going to happen. So the Queen clutched her hands on that throne for well, pretty much longer than any other monarch, And other than, um was it Victoria they said? Was the only other one that stayed that long? I think they say it in one of the episodes. It would be Victoria if it was anybody, yeah. By the way, there was something to be said um, that episode where everybody thinks she's about to step down. And, again, and she doesn't was kind of. I, I found that very entertaining.
1: Yeah, it, entertaining, but again, probably absolute nonsense from what I've read. That okay, it, it's it's the way in which she's ordained from God and so on that she, she would have never considered that it's it's just not the way. I mean, what her father did was for a very specific reason, which sort of. Starts the show in some ways, because um, he abdicates in order to marry, you know, an American. Um, it, but yeah, I, I think it's complete like hogwash that she was considering that she just like scratched it out. Well, of, like, I am great drama. I don't
0: okay. I, again, great I drama. I, I, don't, I don't claim to be an. I don't claim, and nor do I plan to be an expert on royal history. So I don't know. Um, if one goes back over the last two or three hundred years, if every <laughs> person who sat on the throne waited till they pretty much died and then pretty someone much. took over for them, I don't know if that's how it happened. Maybe, maybe they, they, maybe they all died younger. But you, you also, but then again, you didn't have people living into their seventies and hitting their eighties. Well, that where there that would be a concern the that there that someone in her condition, her situation, right. might not be physically capable of doing right. the things. Yeah, and that. so that's why I I would give it. Uh, enough plausibility that it didn't phase me at all but as we already said you know i keep saying it's you know it's a work of fiction yeah
1: i will say through this through this conversation over the last number of minutes here i've got a better appreciation for this season in how it wrapped things up even though i had problems with you know once Things shifted in seasons five to the Diana Fayed Charles drama uh, and the first four episodes of this season. Mm -hmm. I found that to be the least interesting, but I don't think you could have stopped it at season four. You had to get all the way here. No, exactly. You had to show it's unfortunate, but yeah, you had to to get there.
0: Yeah. And and that's The only way, here's the thing, Kimber, at least for, one of the areas we do pretty much agree on is how much more we appreciate the earlier seasons and, you know, the bigness of the story and the moments and the episodes and, I mean, keep in mind, you also got... You know, that's when Elizabeth was a truly titanic figure. That's, that's the era when you have a Winston Churchill and then people mm. like that. Or you had, and you had a few really amazing standout episodes that we can look back on right now and off the top of it, like, okay, that's, that's clearly the best one of the series and so on and so forth and whatever. And you just, you knew you were not going to have that as we get later, mm. unless you start just purely making shit up. And putting aside the fact, as I've already said a number of times, well, keep in mind, 98% of everything you're watching technically falls under the making shit up category. That's why I find it a, a kind of a specious argument. It's like, well, other than the, the actual speeches she gave on you know, that, were, that were broadcast, whatever, which wasn't all that often, everything else is, has to, is made up into yeah. one extent or another, you know. I think, mo- in my opinion, I think most of it's like, okay, I'm fine with that, because that actually applies to everything I've ever watched, ever. That that involves historic figures. Except um, I- when I think maybe, oh, I'm just, I'm not buying this. Like, I could buy that she was at least considering it, although clearly she wasn't going to. By the way, the thing that we could skip over is the Queen being that funny in person is not something she was typically known for although there were other occasions because you and i working in the photo as you mentioned earlier the photo industry there was that there's that photo i remember um of an occasion where she's standing there doing a speech and i I, it might be it's one of the bushes i don't remember if it's george bush or george w bush and they're cracking so they're on like the dais and they're cracking oh yeah yeah yeah. it's clearly from a joke that she just dropped. So she, she could drop the occasional joke, although we hadn't really seen that on the series. You know, I don't don't count the talking to the women's initiative, whatever. Cause that's, that was, you know silliness whatever but <laughs> the jokes she was dropping here were like oh wow did, did yeah. she get did she get jeff ross to write her materials it's like yeah
1: a, but i mean by like, all accounts like of the little that i've read about this she actually was fairly like witty and funny and dry like with her humor in her own way and could surprise people um even though
0: you know Right. But we just didn't get to see that much in, in, yeah. when they're doing public speeches. Cause they always yeah. be like, you can't yeah. be that way. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, and yeah be, everything has to be very formal and dignified and whatever. And I like that she, she wasn't there. But I, I, I just thought that really worked because obviously we know going into it. Well, we know that didn't happen because it didn't, mm-hmm. we already know what well, this didn't, this actually didn't happen. So this is just a, a little red herring. I was like, but let me see how we play it out. And basically, we're just watching, just because we just want to see the, the the depressed look on Dominic West's face again. It's like I hey, remember you were McNulty. You know, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Come on, twenty five years ago, we're watching the wire. Not twenty twenty years ago, we're watching the wire. Did we think, oh, that guy's going to be Prince Charles? <laughs> Something we're going to watch one day. I um, loved
1: his character too. I mean, I'll leave it at that. I I, I loved his. I, I I don't know how behind closed doors. Accurate it was, but
0: I loved his betrayal of Charles in this. He did a, um, he took a part that was in many ways, I don't want to say a thankless role, but maybe not a role that mm-hmm. one would be like, oh, it's going to be a fun one, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he did a remarkably good job considering that for, a, for the bulk of Charles's life, that people in the public eye, he was viewed rather negatively. Mm hmm. And they didn't shy away from that here. And even in those private moments, some of them, he seemed like a genuinely, you know, oh, you, you kind of like, you, you like Charles, but just as many times you're like, uh, Charles can be just as fucking weird and petty as any of them or even worse, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um But I really, I, you know, but we, I could feel at least the the pain of a situation of not being able to be, you know, truly public and, uh, with Camilla for so many years, because this, you know, that's the one, there's one thing I learned from this series. Cause I, I never delved into that, to that extent is how long that situation had been going on for. I wasn't aware of it mm-hmm. because that's not my thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's also funny to point out that, you know, we talk about how they, how the focus shifted to Charles and Diana. Um, then they kind of maybe padded that up, stretched it out a bit longer than I think they should have. And then all of a sudden it's William and Kate, um, which, there was nothing wrong with the William and Kate stuff. It was just like, okay, um, it just felt compared to those earlier, it felt really light. It's like, okay, that's nice. It's a little teenage drama or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. cute. And can, can this episode be about like three other things as well? Can we? Can you be like, can you give me like a Downton Abbey or, or the Gilded Age? By the way, I just finished the first season of Gilded Age. That's a very good show. Um, and juggle, oh, My niece is juggle, on that. Juggle, oh, wow. Very nice. Uh, juggle in some other storylines here instead of feeling just dominated by this, which is just kind of feels like lightness beyond light. Um, but it's also funny to point out that, that and, and maybe it's because the show is called The Crown. So they really were focusing on people who were really close in line to being the next in The Crown. Mm-hmm. is that the, the the almost complete avoidance of ever dealing with Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, if you were to go onto IMDb and look up, you know, the Prince Andrew character and the, the, the person who played him in his later years, and you'll see he's listed as being in 13 episodes. And I'd be like, I'm yeah. sorry. Was he? I can, <laughs> I'm telling you, I looked, I clicked, <laughs> on whatever. You know, if, if you're not in the episode, you won't be listed for the episode. You didn't appear. You realize... He's basically a background actor in like most of them. He, I don't know if I don't know if he has more than ten lines in the entire series. And if you ask me, Mm -hmm. could you name it? No, I can't. Then this Prince Edward, who was already who was already somewhat inconsequential back then anyway, because he was lower on the pecking order. I was like, wait, Prince Edward's on the show? I don't. (laughs) Again, I get that you know where the focus went—Charles, Diana, whatever. But at the same time, their brothers, their her sons. And we really never see them. And you know they had to be there quite often, at least at at some point. Now, I get the Andrew thing because of obviously I think everyone listening is probably somewhat aware of all the scandals I've got on with Prince Andrew over the years and you know and I think they just want to like, uh, you know what? Although we want to make really fun and dramatic TV here. Maybe Let's we don't want to, one. maybe we don't want to touch this one. Because now we're getting into allegations and this and that. And then you know, either someone killed themselves in prison and blah blah blah. <laughs> 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 but I did I was very curious, because I just we mentioned the succession to the throne, so I did try to figure it out. And it was interesting seeing that like uh here, let me find it here. Scam, da, 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 da. So um royally minded, okay, so Prince Edward was once he was at one point he was third in line, and now he's thirteenth, so you know, forget you,
1: not gonna happen,
0: not gonna happen, and Andrew, who was clearly second at one point, but based on obviously the children that William has had, and so on, he's been bumped down to eighth. Eh, First of all, they, they, still they, yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised someone hasn't, you know, taken Andrew out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and if anyone is wondering, Harry has actually fallen to fifth, but because the people that are in line ahead of him are basically children. Um, Harry will just continue to collect the proceeds from his book tour. And I don't think he'll be sitting on a throne unless some, <laughs> unless some really horrific tragedy should happen to the Royal family. Yeah.
1: I th- I think that Charles, I, I was thinking about, I was talking to my uh, older son and his girlfriend um, last night about that. she's been watching this show. You know, I, you know, Charles is a, has got two sons in this series who are about my son's ages. Wow. Um, and so I felt a little bit of this, that, that bit where he's talking about when he and Diana were together and like living in that little house to get, was it them that was talking about? Oh no, I'm sorry. It was, um, no, who was that? Was it, uh, was it uh, was it Elizabeth and Philip that were telling that story?
0: I don't know the whole bit. Yeah, of the, Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was. Um, I know what you're talking about. It was the, the happiest the, moments I of think, our lives. I think, the, I think the Queen was telling the story. The Queen was, was telling the story. To, yeah, to,
1: to, to yeah. William actually. Yeah, to, to William, and so like I liked that whole. You know like sort of setting up the next generation for happiness you know and i think that's some of the again it's like a lot of this ending episodes of the season it's this reminiscence of when they were young and what their lives were like and i think it's i I think that final scene of like harry and kate i'm sorry william and kate um like in that apartment and they have like all the friends just like making dinner, like around the table and so on. So think, like, Oh, these people are just going to be normal people, even though they're not going to be normal people, but like, you know, right. they're, they're going to try to live a normal life.
0: Uh, oh, also one of the really nice, if I can, as we, as we to to the of talking about the sh- the the season, at least if, if not the show overall, uh, another thing I really liked about the season, just because I just, I like the the contrast of, of, of going across the generations, like you were saying um, the number of scenes between the queen and William and, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of skipping the ineffectual generation that was his dad. <laughs> <laughs> but what I liked about it, and again, I'm talking just for the core why I'm watching any TV series. It's about watching characters that I, that I find interesting or compelling and how they interact and the dynamics between them. And the knowledge of of her at best strained relationship with his mother, and the fact there is so much of his mother in him, and they've they hit that on the head, they hit that Mm -hmm. on the head a few times. But you, but even I am aware of that. I've heard that before over the years. That he certainly is far more similar to his mom than his dad, and so on. And seeing how these two, you know, you know, grandma and him are able to bond this way. There was something just kind of pleasing about those scenes. And again, you mentioned it, um, before that you cast, because they're young. So they're, if they're just by being very young actors, they're by nature, by, by definition, somewhat unknowns. The dude acquits himself rather well. He, de- he I thought the guy playing mm-hmm. William, um, what's his name? Ed, um, I have it here. Ed, 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 Ed McVeigh, um, really does a nice job. I mean, the kid playing Harry is also good too, although I wonder at what point in Harry's life his hair got kind of permed. Um I also think they gave William a, a break by cutting it by 2010 because it's like... So, uh, what, what's the, what That's year does the hair start disappearing? Cause that hair looks really <laughs> good right there. I'm not going to go look at what William looked like in 2010, but he should be, really, <laughs> he should be really happy with his depictions. Like, you know, take it from me, dude. <laughs> I, 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 right I, there I, with you. <laughs> so, um, you no, know, again, I, I think we're, the one thing I know we're in definite agreement about, you know, this is a series that, you know, started really strong was really solid for its first four seasons probably less so in its last two that's also the nature of the material that they're dealing with and and just you know even though it's historical fiction it's historical fact which kind of held the show back from being as good as it was in its first four seasons because there's only so much you can make up so to speak Mm -hmm. um you know i'm I'm kind of torn between which season and which era of queen elizabeth i like the best on this series um, I'm 10, temp- I, I, I mean, on one hand, I love Olivia Coleman so much as an actress, it's hard to pick anyone over her, but that, that, that those earlier seasons with Claire Foy, especially her interacting, you know, specifically Winston Churchill, who who still remain to me with all the prime ministers still remains one of the most towering figures just in history, period in British history, but also in the series. I mean, Liftgow knocks it out of the park. And he's like a foot and a half taller than Winston freaking Churchill. <laughs> and, and we never give that any thought. Like, but he's like a little toad. And Winston Churchill's like a, like a, like a crane or something. I don't know. But um, I, I, think, I, I think it's those first two seasons, really. And it's funny because I love Prince Philip so much more in seasons three and four. But I love the better, I think the overall storylines, and it's what you were talking about, you know, which had much more bigger global implications, happened in those first two seasons. Maybe it's because we're still dealing with, you know, there's there's wars raging on in the world. We're just coming out of World War II, and we have other things happening as well. Maybe that's why. Mm. But, um, I, I, I think, I think that, I think that, that, First podcast when we first encountered the series. I don't think we had, I don't think there was like one negative thing we had to say about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm remembering even things like, hey, remember that character Pip Torrance played? He was great. They never had a character that good again on the whole show. <laughs> 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 remember Pip? <laughs>
1: anyway. Yeah, I, I think the, the Coleman, I, I'm sorry, not the Coleman, the Claire Foy um, early seasons are still my favorites. And I think it's, diminishing returns over time yeah but but again like i said through this conversation i have more of an appreciation now than i think i had when we started this conversation of how they stuck the landing on right it and, and where they needed to it, it was it was going to be a big challenge on narratively where to end this show and i think they picked the the good spot
0: for it yeah i i I absolutely agree because when we talk obviously on this podcast we talk about tv and we talked about over the years there's been so many shows that had their final episode but the one thing most of those shows had in common were well they weren't shows that were based on any you know actual historic figures and real life etc they might incorporate real life into them you know like say like the americans did or even mad men did to a certain mm-hmm. extent whatever but there was no ne- but the, and, and even and those shows oddly enough would, would get things really right when they had to those the details were always like oh that's that's actually a really smart little detail like you know you know us you know us working in the the business that we used to like on, and on my end i worked specifically with ad agencies so I, that's why I probably have an, an even greater appreciation for Mad Men cause like, oh, I know all about McCann Erickson. <laughs> yeah. Men, right. and I know, and I know about that Coca-Cola commercial and that's how they were able to get away with that. They're like, that's very funny. But, um, but we always talk about how all those series stuck, whether they stuck the landings or not. And what the issues were going into either the shows that ended with, Oh, are they gonna kill somebody or not? Or or is is the final result gonna be tragic or positive? Blah blah blah. Are they gonna reach that goal they were always trying to reach or or not? Will they go out with a bang or a whimper, blah blah blah? This is the rare show that we watch where it's like, okay, we we know where the actual story ends. Mm-hmm. Are they going to go there? When we were, and we've been talking about that since, you know, the princess. You know, how they going to deal with Princess Diana? Never mind. But you know, when we were first talking about this show a few years ago, the Queen and Philip were still alive. You Mm -hmm. know, and what? And I'll admit, once once those two die, especially the Queen, my first one of my early thoughts were, "Oh, I wonder if they're going to incorporate that into the show." (laughs) I,
1: I was exactly the same. Like what? What does that do for the writing now?
0: Yeah. How do you? How do you handle that? And as we just spent a chunk of time talking about, I thought they took a really smart approach to it. And we basically, it's like, and as you said, it's like we got the funeral without having the funeral. And Mm. I, I was, I was the more I, it's the more I thought about it after I watched. The more I was like, you know what? I, I can't think of anything different i would have recommended they do for that that's that, that's a point in, If it is the point in time where this would have been a thing to talk about that's when it worked um mm-hmm. we don't we all know what happened in, in the later things you know we, we didn't need to get I, i'm sure meryl marco is going to go wait you're not even going to get to me at all really really <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about me <laughs> what? But, but, I, but but i'm on suits at this time you, you know, <laughs> no one was watching it you, you're gonna put that in there somewhere anyway all righty so, um, yeah, I think it's time we can draw the curtain on The Crown. Um, you know what? A, v- a very good Netflix series. Not, I'm not going to say it's the best of, of the Netflix series I've watched over the last 15, 20 years. But um, those first few seasons definitely were. All righty then. Ow, I just hit my elbow. So, anyway. If you enjoyed this podcast, guess what? You'll also enjoy hanging out on our Facebook page. You can look us up. It's a Serious TV drama podcast page. You can like the page and then you can join the conversation about shows like The Crown and so many others. We are uh, available on most, if not all podcast platforms. You can just Google "Serious TV drama podcast. You'll find us everywhere. Um, but if you want to go where the, all the episodes can be found, all 390. 397. Just go to podbean.com. They're all there. Maybe the search engine isn't the greatest, but you know what? <laughs> Me and Kimber also are used to working for companies that have bad search engines. <laughs> no, <there's laughs> no, Nothing's there. And if perchance you ever happen to use Apple podcasts, feel free to pop on there just to rate and review us. Um, better still, screw this podcast. Scott forgot the eighties. Go there and rate and review that, you know, and also, remember that the word is DeLorean, not Dolores, and maybe correct yourself when you're posting an actual review. Anyway. (laughs) Oh my God. Now you can also find us on Instagram, Serious TV Drama is one word. And you can find us on what I call X Twitter. We're still there, you know, because, you know, Elon Musk, yay. Um, You can find us there at, at STVD Podcast, STVD as in Serious TV Drama. Now this is, I believe this will be, no, I believe, I know this is going to be the last podcast we will be recording before, you know, the Christmas holiday. So for our Gentile friends, I want to, and Kimber too, um, I want to wish y'all a Merry Christmas. And hopefully this was a nice little present you'll find under your podcasting tree uh kimber thank you and and then obviously next week we'll me and brian will be back with the next episode of fargo as we as we close out the year and then and when we move into 2024 um we will be getting to the best of 2023 podcast which i suspect it's almost going to be unavoidable but did i work it out that way i didn't mean to but uh, i'll take credit for it Our 400th podcast should also Mm. probably be the best of 2023. Nice. I don't think there's enough material to make them into two podcasts. So, so it's just, we'll just do it as just one big, uh, extravaganza. Kimbers, thank you so much for your patience. Um, we were supposed to record hours earlier, but uh, apparently I dozed off. (laughs) 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 It's a miracle I woke up at all. Um, well, I really appreciate the opportunity
1: to talking about this show over the last couple of years. So I've I've really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Oh yeah, and you know what. I like have to find another show now. We will. I like that you brought it tonight. It's 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 m- one of my favorite things. Which doesn't happen often enough on this podcast is when I don't necessarily agree with my co host. Um, it's just. But the funny thing is, it's the ultimate rarity where the other person is being more negative than me. Because that's he, he's like, wait, he he borrowed my playbook. That's I'm the one who's usually the negative. That's me. One. I'm the <laughs> negative guy. Kimber, thank you so. Once again, thank you so much for joining. Uh, happy holidays to you, and happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, if you want to say something to say goodbye to everybody before I hit the click button, feel free. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.